Mac Power Users, Episode 219, GTD with David Allen. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing great this morning, David. How are you? I'm great, and I'm really thrilled to have our guest today. Welcome to the show, David Allen. Hey, delighted to be here with you guys. Uh, you know, David, I told you an email before we started the show that I really attribute my ability to, you know, to to pull things off to you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, years ago, you know, uh, when guys like Merlin Mann and some of the other people in tech community were talking about GTD, I, I didn't know what to really think of it. And then I bought the book and now I'm just the biggest fan. It's uh, it's really made such a big difference in my life. Cool. That's always yeah. nice to hear. I always yeah. love to, I, I never know what sticks out there for people. So it's really nice when I, I hear that it did. Uh, yeah. I've always felt that, you know, and you say this in the book that um, in the book, getting things done for the few people out there who haven't heard of it in our audience um, that you talk about, you have this very, in the beginning of the book, you talk about knowledge workers and how traditional task management systems don't really work with the way the world is changing. And I always felt that that, that phrase and that that thought was very instrumental in the way GTD works for me because the world has changed and we do have all these technology bits thrown at us now in addition to more traditional things. And we do need a task manager system that works and that's why I think GTD has just been so successful and I congratulate you on that. Thanks. Uh, but yeah. what, what we thought we'd talk about today is, um, I guess we'll start with just a little bit of you know what GTD is. And, and then, uh, I'd like to talk about it in relation to technology and, you know, because we're a show on Apple technology, we'd like to talk about a little bit how you're using it and how you see this working together. Sure. Happy. Sound to. like a, sound like a plan. Yeah. It sounds like a plan. I, again, uh, knowing that your show can oftentimes get very deep into the technology side of the game. Uh, I was just listening to your, uh, your, your last session with your developers, Ken and yeah. company. Oh, and, 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 and that's like. Uh, that's a world I have yet to jump into. But again, that may be part of the point, which is how user-friendly actually is all of that stuff now as the, with the complexity that has shown up. Um, so, yeah, happy to, happy to talk about any of that. Certainly what I do right now and, 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 how, I, and how I use it. As you probably heard, I, I hopped from PC to Mac about two or three years ago. Oh, really? So. I had heard that that you're all you're all Mac based and I would assume iOS based as well at this point. Yep. Yep. Uh but I you know I I'd say probably scratch the surface in terms of what uh, what there is possible to do there but again the as you know the the rabbit trails are endless. <laughs> that one <laughs> that one could that one could be seduced down into. Well we know yeah. we know a podcast that could maybe help you out with that. But uh, <laughs> There are a few, but just, I guess that's what I need. Yeah, know. very high level. You know, the the premise of what we're talking about is is you are probably best known for the book that you wrote called "Getting Things Done," and it's it's one that I first read probably uh, about at David's urging actually about five years ago, and it's it's one that I try to reread every year or every eighteen months or so. Just to to refamiliarize myself, and when I find that I'm in a rut and and things aren't quite working in my life the way that I want them to work, sometimes I I need a little refresher and and to get back in the grind. But it's I, I hate to try to to condense it down in a couple of sentences because that's certainly not possible. But it's this philosophy for productivity and time management for 
uh, that that really seems to work for a lot of people and the idea of actually getting things done to borrow the title of the book, you know, rather than just thinking about doing things or looking at things or or nicely organizing the paper clips and pens on your desk and pretending like you've been productive all day. Well, you know, the funny thing about it is, is that we all actually love getting things done. Those are your better days. You know, when you, 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 you got to handle the meeting, you turned in the report, you, 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 you finished that, you did the wash, you, you know, you, you bought mustard, you, 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 you hired a babysitter. I mean, you know, stuff happens. We actually like doing that and we get attracted to doing that. I think what uh, GTD and getting things done did was start to uncover uh, the, the necessity for building an external brain so that you're not totally distracted and hung up and constipated about that natural process that we love to do in terms of getting things done. So I think getting things done is as much about relieving uh, residue and drag on your system as it is about anything new. You know, that's why the the fascinating thing is the people who need GTD the the least are the people who are most attracted to it. It's the most productive people that are most interested in relieving drag because they're moving. <laughs> you know, if you're not moving, dra- getting rid of drag is a drag, you know, but if you are, boy, anything that suddenly relieves some of the pressure and distraction that actually, you know, is actually what's taking the wind out of a lot of people's sails. Uh, that's, that's huge and, and quite noticeable as you both may have, have experienced. I mean, one of the most cathartic experiences I think for someone is, is the process that you describe of just writing everything down. I have a friend who just took over as an HR manager of a big company. And now the big company has exponentially grown in size through acquisition. And suddenly she's this VP in a large company and she has many people reporting to her and lots of email and, and she's just overwhelmed. We met for lunch and, and I said, okay, so I want you to go back to the office, shut your door and just spend an hour writing down everything that you need to do. Just make a list. You know, I completely ripped you off, David. Oh, good. No. And, uh, and <laughs> this I did, is open source, you know? Yeah. So I did that. And then, and she called me up that afternoon. She says, man, that felt really good. And then I just gifted her your book. I said, okay, now read the book. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, she, oh. I've heard back. She's really easy. So that it's, I think it adds context and perspective. It just gives you a way in the modern world to manage tasks, especially where a lot of us are juggling. And I know the people listening to the show are in that, in that group, we've got families, we've got jobs, maybe we have two jobs and we have other commitments and social commitments and all these other problems, or I guess opportunities. And, and it's very difficult. So the system really helps doing that. And we're not going to spend the whole show talking about getting things done because I'd like to kind of get in the weeds a little bit on this because we've got the guy here and uh, (laughs) I want to talk to you about uh, technology and getting things done because this is something that has come up on our show many times over the years because Katie and I are big fans of the system and frankly, we're always looking for um, ways to apply, you know, our nerd sides to, to this methodology that we know and love so much. Well, I'm an end user nerd, so I'm not a I'm not an insider nerd, but an end user one. I mean, anything yeah. small, small, black, high tech, and expensive, I want. Yeah. <laughs> later, yeah. later on, I'll find out if it actually does anything. You know, and I and I don't know. Certainly, in my earlier years, my buy to use ratio was at least ten to one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's you there's appware and there's shelfware on the, uh, the for the gazillion apps out there. I'm sure. Yeah. When you originally wrote Getting Things Done, we were just starting to get into the the age of technology, you know, 
I, I believe two thousand early two thousand two thousand and one. So we probably had like the Palm Pilot, um, and certainly I know organizers. Everybody had these you know day runner type organizer things that were were very popular. But now as we've we've moved through. Instead of having, well, we don't have Palm Pilots anymore, but, you know, we, we all have these iPhones. Too, and we all, too bad. Well, uh, yeah. I, I love my Palm Pilot. That's, oh, that, me that. too. There was no better list manager. Still isn't, yeah. frankly. Um, but now we've moved into the age of, of iPhones and, and lots of email. In 2001, I had an email, but I certainly wasn't my primary method of communication and text messages. And, and we, we now have all of these other fire hoses that are, that are feeding us information. And the GTD methodology certainly can adapt to that kind of technology, but it, it certainly, um, I don't know, was that in your mind when you were writing the original book or um, how, is, how has that evolved as our technology has evolved? Not much. Okay. If you get GTD, you can make anything work. You can deal with any and all of that. I mean, it. I understand what you're saying, and and the truth is that that yes, the 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 plethora of 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 streams of uh, information that we consider potentially meaningful. I think that's the big key. I mean, people say information overload. No, nah, come on, that's not. If information overload was the problem, you'd walk into a library and die. You know, as soon as yeah. the first, first time you connect to the web, you just explode. Yeah. And actually, the most information-rich place in the world is the most relaxing. It's called nature. <clears throat> if you wanted to go crazy, stop information. It's called sensory deprivation. That's a fast way to make you nuts. So your brain actually loves all of that stuff. It loves... That's why kids... People worry about kids doing all that texting, all that stuff. They're just, they're just not out in nature. and that, they're, they're getting essentially the same kind of, of multiple horizons of input you know, with all of that. So I don't think that's a bad thing at all. The problem is, I mean, it's not really information overload. It's potential meaning overload. So the technology has now given you streams, whereas potential meaning used to just be what's in your mailbox, right? That was potentially meaningful. You open the letter and it's like, okay, well, what is this? Is this a bill or is this a, you know, wedding invitation? You know, what is it? So we didn't, you know, that, that, that's is what has exploded exponentially is how many different streams are potentially meaningful because see the, the, you know, in nature, they're not that many things. There's a few snakes and berries and thunderstorms and whatever. So the brain actually evolved to be able to notice things that stood out that were, that were different. That's how your brain evolved. So a lot of the new cognitive science has just validated a lot of what GTD came up with on the street you know, years ago, which is actually that the brain is not really designed very well to deal with lots of fast input and change. It really didn't, wasn't designed to do that. So, it, it, so the, all of that sort of new streams of potential input, it's like any one of those emails could have a snake or a berry in it. <laughs> now your grandmother's writing you emails, you know, or texting you, geez, you know, or, or yeah. FaceTiming you. Oh my God. You know? yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's, it seems to me that one of the things that, that is much different is just the, the access is easier. It's so much easier to get access to anyone. Uh, and it, it results in people having so much more thrown at them. And, and I guess that's what you're talking about. And multiple yeah. opportunities for interruption as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, all that. And, you know, all that's the good news is all of it is just is just making it real clear whether you're really clear what you're doing in your life. Yeah, I, I think that's really that's a really good point, because <laughs> no, it's fabulous. Could, let, let me just overwhelm you with all kinds of things that will force you to have to decide, you know, where you're really going and what really matters. Yeah. And 
And it's very easy if you don't make that hard decision to go crazy. Of course. Of course. Now, I, I want to transition a little but bit. There, into, come on, there, come on, David. They're worth, they're worse ways to go crazy. Yeah, that's I mean, true. If you're going to go crazy, <laughs> you might as well go crazy just, you know, checking out every productivity app that every day that shows up. You know, we, we do they're, that they're, too. They're, they're worse hobbies to have. You know, yeah, you could be taking drugs close instead. To home. Now you're getting real close to home, brother. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah, um, but I, I was actually talking about just the overwhelming amount of email and people who want something from you and you're trying to figure out, you know, could I, do I spend all day sitting here going through 500 emails or do I go out in the park with my kid? You know, it's, yeah. it, it's easy to get yourself lost in that stuff. And these are things that didn't exist when the book first came out. Uh, well, yes and no, come on. I was on uh, easy link with my IBM XT connected to my radio shack model 100 in 1983. So I, pro- I probably you sold know. you one. I used to, I used to sell yeah. those. I worked at Radio Shack. In those <laughs> really, there's no, it still has never been a keyboard as good as the Radio Shack Model 100. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the best, slickest, you know, fastest keyboard on the, on the planet. And, you know, of course, back then, you know, you know, you know, we, I had to travel with alligator clips because the Marriott's and the Hyatt's still didn't have even, you know, phone jacks and you had to unwire, you'd had to wire it, you know, yeah, you take know, the phone apart. Yeah. You know, oh my God, kids, I used to trudge through the snow and you know, carry alligator clips with me. <laughs> yeah, but so no, this it. has been, a, this has been around for quite a while, guys. You know, yeah, the model 100 is the one that saved your data to a cassette tape too, if memory serves. Or did they, I think they got the floppy in that one at some point. No, well, they, and there was actually software that came out in 83 that actually connected the 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 i the xt to 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 uh to the model 100 so yeah. uh, it, it literally in a week i went out and bought technology and signed up for email and so since 1983 that's been you know a, a critical part of my professional world let's take a minute for a sponsor break katie and i are happy to welcome to the show a new sponsor casper mattresses have you ever had the experience of going to buy a mattress at the mattress store it's terrible Casper thought they could do better, and they've delivered. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. The mattress industry has inherently forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to you, the consumer. A Casper mattress provides resilience and long-lasting support of comfort. Casper's mattresses is one of a kind. A new hybrid mattress that combines a premium latex foam with memory foam. It's just the perfect balance. Mattresses can often cost well over $1,500, but the Casper mattresses are much less. You can get a twin size for $500, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king size mattress. Now, you're probably sitting there saying, well, I'm not sure I want to buy a mattress online, but Casper eliminates all this doubt. If you buy it, it's completely risk-free. They offer a free delivery and returns with a 100-day period. So within 100 days, you're going to know whether or not you like that mattress. We have one at our house, and I can tell you the first time I laid on it, I fell asleep quite quickly. I'm definitely a fan of memory foam now. Uh, statistically, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation to whether it's the right bed for you. Sleep on it a few nights. And you can do that with the Casper. They have turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality you spend a third of your life on. 
I'm a big fan of these disruptive internet companies that come up with a way to give us a quality product without the gouging that you feel you get when you go to some of these large retailers. Casper delivers that. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. The mattress has just the right sink and just the right balance. They pull this off with a combination of the latex foam and the memory foam. It works great. You can get a risk-free trial with that return policy. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless return. The mattresses are made in America, and I love mine. To make it even better, you get a $50 discount off those prices if you go to casper.com slash macpower, M-A-C-P-O-W-E-R, and use the code macpower. We talk a lot about productivity on this show. Getting a good night's sleep can go a long way towards just that, and you can do that with a Casper mattress. Remember that URL is casper.com slash macpower, and the discount code is macpower. Thank you, Casper, for supporting 5x5 and the Mac Power users. So what about Capture in 2014? I mean, the uh, uh, I, I just watched your Linda video, which was outstanding, by the way. It was really just kind of a great little summary of gtd and mm-hmm. um i watch it with my wife so I'm, she's getting in, in on the bandwagon now but the um uh in, during the video you had your capture and you were talking about how you you pulled out your wallet during the video and i could see you've got a nice little wall that's got a folder with a little uh a paper pad in it where you take notes yeah is that still your primary capture mechanism absolutely primary capture yeah. Yes. You know, here, here's here's another, let's just go down in the weeds, called one of the problems with technology is out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Another, another problem is the plethora of how many places you put stuff, right? Yeah. So if you, if you haven't honed it down to one place that that stuff goes into, you've, put, you've parked it in Evernote, you've dropped it into Dropbox. You're like, oh, my God, I've just seried myself, and I've now have, oh, my God, where, <laughs> where is all of this? Well, it's, you know? it's the multiple in-baskets or the multiple inbox problem. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you empty them all. Right. Yeah. But the, the problem is, yeah, it, out of sight, out of mind. You know, when I've, you know, I've been in the in my own mind anyway, building software and, you know, and, and made a couple of attempts at that. And one of the things that should happen is every time you park any, any kind of digitally, par- digitally based information, that's random information that you want to process later on, that should be instantly, you should start getting electric buzzes, you know, with how many, with the volume that's in there, or it should, your screen should start getting darker and darker if you haven't emptied them, you know, or something. Yeah, like that. The, the problem is, is you, you, you know, truly out of sight, out of mind, but not out of sight, out of consciousness. It's it out of it. sight. And then some part of you subliminally is going, oh, God, there's stuff in there somewhere. And it's probably meaningful. And I don't know where it is. And I don't feel like booting my computer anymore. Yeah, And that's that's one of the one of the big points. In fact, you've already made it during the show is that, you know, that one of the fundamental ideas of GTD is don't carry your tasks or what you have to do in your brain. It's it's. It's just going to make you nuts and you're going to forget. And, you know, the whole idea is get it out of your brain and put it into a, a trusted system. You know, I, I, let's reframe that, David. It, it's not that yeah. it makes you nuts. It does. What it does is, is it sub optimizes your brain's functionality. And they've now proven that. I mean, that's, you know, again, I've got a new version of GTD coming out in the spring and I've got a chapter on the new, all, all the cognitive science that's shown up. That's basically validated this. And the, you know, what, the, what the scientists the, you know, have now proven is that your brain is not actually wired to remember and remind. It evolved to use pattern recognition against long-term memory. 
So you walk into a room, you say, that's a room, that's a light, that's a person, that's whatever. You do that. You can do that. You can't help doing that. That's yeah. how your brain evolved. It does that. But it can't remember worth crap. You know? Yeah. And, and as soon as you park anything in there that it, that it doesn't trust has a, some sort of a plan or a trusted place that it will see at the right time, at the right place, in the right way, then there's a part of you that starts to spin inside. And what it does is it, it produces a cognitive load which diminishes your capability to perform. It diminishes the space that you have for creative thinking. It diminishes your ability to do the two things that you really need to do for high performance, which is focus intensely with no distraction on an action and stop and randomly um, reflect. Those are, the like- two th- those are the two things that make you work really well. The problem is, is that if you're trying to do this stuff halfway in between, then you can't do either one. You can't, you can't focus on what you're doing without being distracted by all that other stuff. And you also can't step back and reflect with nothing on your mind and let your mind relax, which it has to do these days in order to be able to stay on top of the game. This is and, profound stuff. No, I, I completely agree. And, and bringing that to the capture, the idea is when something occurs to you, don't try and burn your clock cycles just to keep that in RAM. You got to yeah. get it out and put it somewhere. And, and you've got this great little wallet you pull out of your pocket and you write something down. Um, I've got an app, an app because I'm Max Sparky, right? But the, uh, this app called drafts and it, you push a button and it opens and it has a blank screen. You can write anything down on it. And when you close it, I keep it in my dock. It's got a little badge. And if I don't process whatever I wrote down, the badge lights up. And that badge just mocks me until I do something with it. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And, uh, and Katie, how do you deal with capture? I do it a couple of different ways. I, I do a lot of capture with, with Siri, telling Siri to remind me to do X or Y, you know, just as I'm out and about. And then that gets processed and pulled into my OmniFocus inbox behind the scenes, you know, using the way that they connect with the reminders app. But I, yeah. I also use drafts. I, I have one of the things that I've struggled with, uh, and we may get to that a little bit later is the multiple inbox problem. And I'm, I'm trying desperately to reduce the number of inboxes that I have to check for keeping track of all these things. But I know that capture is so critically important to me, because I wake up in the middle of the night, it's always about two thirty for whatever reason, uh, knowing just with this horrid feeling that I've forgotten something because I always say, Oh, no, I, I, I know that I won't forget that I can remember that it's only this one thing and then you add one more thing and then you add one more thing and then you add one more thing and and then that's when i start waking up in the middle of the night yeah well that's not the best way to do it i just did that recently with my wife's car we had to get it smog check you know in california you got to get smog checks and it came in and i scanned it i I have my gtd system in place for some reason it didn't get an omnifocus i needed to get the car smogged and then I woke up just one in the middle, <laughs> like Katie in the middle, of the night, like, you know what? The deadline has come and gone and now I'm going to pay a penalty and I didn't get that car smog checked. And how did I miss that? So I think this is something as silly as that sounds, that stuff we all struggle with. Right. Well, it's also, you know, the, the GTD process and the getting things done methodology really has boiled down to the five step process that, that you know, we've really uncovered and, and described about how do you get anything under control and appropriately focused. And this is your kitchen or your country or your or whatever. And it's not just the capture mode. The capture is critical. It is at your right. It is the critical first step. I need to make sure that I've grabbed that somewhere so it's not banging around in some amorphous place like my brain. 
right? I need to make sure it's gotten that it's out here somewhere that will create some trigger for me to then go through step two, which is decide, okay, what's my next action on that? And is there some sort of outcome I'm committed to about that, which is the clarify stage. And then you have to, you have to go through that thought process and there's no software that can do that. And then how, how often do you go through the clarify stage? Is it at least once a day? Is it multiple times a day? It's Uh, when I'm not doing anything else. Okay. Because there's a surprise coming toward me I can't see. And when that hits, guess how much of unprocessed backlog I want? Right. Yeah. Zero. Right. So I, so when I'm not doing anything else, I'm cleaning up, <laughs> you know. So and sometimes that can be a, a, an avoidance for sure. But there are worse avoidances to have. But that's, you know, let me get let me get zeroed out so that my brain is clear and I'm ready for new input coming in. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have to evaluate it against a bunch of unknowns. I evaluate it against a lot of knowns. All so right, that so, clarify process just happens as often as, as it, it, kind of whenever I'm not doing anything else. So generally speaking, I'd say, you know, everything is all zeroed out every 24 to 48 hours. So you've got, I know you've got your physical inbox that you've put in your scraps of paper from your wallet and bills that yeah. have come in the door or any, any physical thing that you want to process. Um, how do you, how do you, so you go through that to clarify, to figure out what, what makes the cut and what goes in the trash or what gets archived or wherever it goes. Right. Right. Okay. How do you deal with the digital side of that? When you get an email from us talking about the show or something from your team? Well, I zero out my email in basket in in basket the same way. And, and the, um, so, and I know there's other, you know, digital inputs you have. Like one of the ones I struggle with, frankly, is text messages. When people text message me something, and they say, hi, that's great. But when they text message me and ask me to do something, it always throws me for a loop because I've got to figure out a way to get that into my system so I don't forget. Um, and, you know, usually I'll just end up stopping making an omnifocus task or something if it's, it's involved. But it, it always does throw me a little bit. I don't text. Okay, that's so. a solution to the problem. Yeah, I, like I mean, yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. I can and I do. Right. And people do text me. But, but you know. Uh, it's like, send me an email. You want me to do something. And, you know, I can do that pretty easily. I can take a text that, you know, that shows up in there and I can just, just forward it to myself yeah. you know, as an e- as an email. Cause the email is, you know, usually when I'm sitting at my computer, that is my office is really in the email environment, not in a text environment. I, I barely even look at my action list on, on my iPhone at all. Maybe errands, you know, or if I'm not doing anything else, I might just scan some other stuff. But quite frankly, uh, you know, when I work, I want to work in my workstation. I don't want to work, you know, out and about. That's not, that's highly ineffective, you know, usually to be able to do that because I want to be able to surf the web. I want to be able to look at some things. I want to be able to stick on my headphones and listen to something somebody linked me to, you know, so when I work, I want to work at a workstation. That's so when I'm out, when I'm out and about that, that, you know, basically I shut down my work usually when I go out and about. It's there, it's there to capture stuff and it's there when I need a, you know, GPS to find out where the, you know, local supermarket is, you know, in Amsterdam, but which is great. It's fabulous, you know, to be able to have access out there that way, but I don't do work, you know, away from my, my office space. 
Well, that may be a good place to to transition is can you talk to us a little bit about how has your office space evolved and and what does it look like now in in the age of of technology? What kind of of tools are you using tech related to to manage and organize? Are you throwing all of these things um you know into text list or are you using a dedicated task management or are you using a, a combination of systems? Well, I use, uh, you know, my, a good friend of mine, Eric Mack, built a, 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 a program called eProductivity, which is married specifically to Lotus Notes, which we still use in our company. So, um, and Eric built that after working with me closely for 10 years and 15 years, and he ultimately built this thing. And that, you know, that <laughs> nobody's ever come close to anything like that. I flipped back and forth between OmniFocus and 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 that I'm back to using e-productivity uh, now, uh, just because there's so many th- cool things that Eric built into that. So that's that's not unless somebody wants to go out and install Lotus Notes. And not a lot of people <laughs> particularly want, want to go do that. Right. Uh, but it works fabulous on the Mac. You know, the, people think, oh, Lotus Notes, that's only PC. No, not at all. You know, I'm I'm fully Mac here. So I've got my you know MacBook Pro 15 right in front of me. When I moved to Amsterdam, uh, you know it. it um, I had I had two Thunderbolt screens, you know, uh, when I was in Santa Barbara, just to test that out to see how much difference it actually made to whether whether those big screen whether that big screen area made it made an impact on my productivity, and I'd say yeah a little bit, you know I don't know that it was worth all that money, and I, I have decided not to not to try to re up those things now that I moved over here and, and I'm a little more mobile. Just being used to working on my Mac is fine, but that's that's it. And the 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 things that e productivity can do because you know working in an email environment. I'm sure most everybody listening to this, you know, when you're actually working, you're right there, real close to email, and a whole lot of your communications and business communications happen through that medium still. And that's that's true for me as well. So, uh, being able to work there in a Wi-Fi, at least in a Wi-Fi environment. You know, I could be pretty much anywhere in a Wi-Fi environment, and I'm fine because I've got that, and and all of that works together. And I don't like to switch back and forth. I mean, God bless Ken and OmniFocus is fabulous. Uh, I, I I tested it, you know, for the last few months, and I flipped back to e-productivity again simply because I didn't like to have to bounce around, you know, in the different programs and email and so forth. That that you know, you had to create your own workarounds. Uh, you know, to do that. But in e-productivity, which is extremely slick, and unless people have actually been in that and seen what that does, uh, you may not know what I'm talking about. But, you know, th- th- there's some really elegant stuff that's built into that. So I use that. And, and basically what that does is it just keeps track of all my context-based action lists and my project lists and, you know, lots of other stuff uh, that I can manage in and through in and through that. And but in a way, you know, any of it can work, you know, so this is, you know, to the other point, it's kind of like you give a, I'm I'm sure you guys know great carpenters or great craftspeople, right? If you knew a great carpenter and he showed up and he said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he goes, Hey, could you do this project? But he didn't have any tools, but you had an old funky hammer. He said, I'll make that work. And he can make it work. Right. Uh, and you've got somebody who doesn't know how to carpenter 
<laughs> and give them a f- the best, coolest, way wicked, coolest hammer in the world. And they go, oh, hey, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. So the tool is not really critical. However, the really, really, really good carpenter really, really, really knows good hammers and wants a really good one. You know, so it's a strange paradox that kind of like once you get this, any tool can work. But at the same time, you want the slickest, fastest thing that actually with the least amount of, of effort in terms of bar- you know, reducing the barrier to entry to use it. So that's the problem with a lot of the stuff out there that's in that's that's shown up as, you know, purporting to be GTD esque is that the barrier to entry is just too high because you, you have to do this when you feel like crap and you have the flu. If you're not yeah. going to if you're not willing to use the system, then your system is only as good as what you're willing to do when you don't feel like it. So it has to be something that you can make work that fast, that slick and that accessible to you. And all of those can, by the way, once you, I, you know, you guys, you know, I know you, I know you, you know, and you know, uh, you're, you're omnifocus folks. And, and, and once you get really, really used to all that and you dig down into the weeds and figure out how to build your own, your own sort of slick methods of being able to, you know, just simple little inputs to have them go the right places and use it the right way. That works great. Yeah, and there's people out there in the community who are doing this with textless and they're doing it probably as effectively as I am because they're just so that's what works for them. And I could see, I, I can see what you mean that, that really anybody who really understands this stuff can make just about anything work for them. One of the but most I'm, successful, I got to tell you, one of the most, ahead. one of the most uh, pristinely focused uh, guys I ever met on the planet. I was doing work for a big, uh, I, I won't, won't use it on the air here, but a big uh, Wall Street firm. And I was in their Tokyo office and I was doing a seminar and a guy came up at sort of in the middle of the, in the seminar. I said, David, I, I have to check out because I got to go big trade. I got to go manage. He said, but I really get what you're talking about. Let me show you how I do that. And he pulled out literally a piece of paper that was folded in eight and he unfolded it and he had every single thing that I would ever need to stay focused as a map to what do I need to do this afternoon? How do I need to see the bigger picture? What do I need to keep my eyes on or whatever? And, you know, software can't do that. It can, but there's nothing that actually integrates maps like that. That's why I say paper planners. And I know a lot of high tech people that are going back to paper these days, simply because that manual context as well as a visual context to see the relationship of 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 horizons and maps against each other you can't do that on software yet at least i haven't seen it yet we'll be back in just a moment with more from david allen but i need to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for this episode fracture fracture is a unique service that will print your photos in vivid color directly on glass I have never seen a product or service like Fracture. They will then ship you everything you need to get your photo or your digital artwork up and displayed on your desk, on your wall. Everything is right there in the box. And best of all, their prices start as low as just $15 for a 5x5 print. So here's how it works. You've got a special photo or perhaps a special piece of digital artwork that you want to do something different with. Fracture is perfect for this. You go to the FractureMe.com website and they'll show you a variety of different options, whether it's square or rectangular, whether it's large or small, and you can upload your photo to the Fracture website and place it directly on their custom sizes. You'll see what your Fracture looks like, send it off, and their team 
will print it for you. It is the thinnest, lightest, most elegant way to display your photos. These photos don't need frames. You don't have to worry about matting. You don't have to worry about anything else. What you're going to get is a beautiful custom product that's going to look gorgeous in just about every setting. Now, we've got the holidays coming up very soon, and I would encourage you to go ahead and order early for holiday delivery because last year Fractures made extremely popular holiday gifts and you want to make sure that you get your order in now uh, so that you get delivery in time for the holidays. I have purchased several items from Fracture and have just been blown away by the quality. I have two large Fracture, they're large scale prints that I have hanging in my office, and they are the very first thing that people comment on when they walk into my office. They all want to know where did I get these prints and how can they get one. Uh, you can also have smaller size Fractures for your desk or your mantle or wherever you want to put them. Fractures also make very memorable mementos or collectibles of special occasions and events. I know uh, David has gotten fractures made of his book covers, and I've gotten a couple of the small 5x5 fractures made of my various podcasts, and I just love having those on my wall and on my bookshelf. So you can go check out their website at FractureMe.com to see the various sizes available. Get your order in early for the holidays, but if you use our special coupon code, that's MAC15, all capital letters, M-A-C-1-5, you can save 15% on your order. Uh, I absolutely love my fractures. I'm going to be picking up a few more this holiday season, and if you're looking for the perfect gift for that special someone, I encourage you to check them out at FractureMe.com using coupon code MAC15, and thanks to Fracture for their support of our show. I want to get back to clarify for a second, because this is a section of GTD that I struggle with. And I find that sometimes I believe in my my mind, because I've got things like OmniFocus and I've got so much of this wired down that I have increased capacity. And I what I do is in the clarify stage, I'm not I'm not hard enough on it. I'm, I say yes too easy. I think you said in the book or the video said yes or no and maybe means no and i have yeah. trouble with that and as a result i end up overloading myself so i've got a system that works but then i've got so much so much stuff in there that i still you know crash into walls um <laughs> yeah I, I have to tell you david I, I i i met a guy uh not long ago who said uh you know and god bless you know phil and evernote they've done a fabulous job i love it and that's a great it's a great tool but he said, Evernote is a write-only, not a read-only, it's write-only. He says he yeah. spends all his time just inputting. <laughs> he actually yeah. doesn't use it because <laughs> he's just so enthralled with just it's sticking stuff in there. But he actually, you know, has, actually is not utilizing any kind of functionality simply because it's just such a suck of let me just stick stuff in in that well, way. We so get I, don't know if that, I think that sort of relates to what you were talking about. No, absolutely. We get emails from listeners sometimes. And I, I hear, because I talk about OmniFocus all there. Like, OmniFocus is great, but it doesn't work for me because I have to spend an hour and a half every morning sorting out my tasks. And my response is, well, then you have too many tasks. I mean, if you've got that much, <laughs> if you've got that much sure. in there, when are you going to actually do anything? And I think that that is something at this clarify stage of GTD that I'm not sure a lot of people appreciate, myself included, some days. Well, a, a part of it, it, it I know that, that, that it's the clarify stage. It's really more the reflect stage. It's the stage four where you need to step back and take a look at what nap do I need to look at now to feel comfortable in terms of how I'm focused. So. Okay, well so okay, that, good. you know, you, you got to clarify, you got to get the content. That's what clarify does is it, is it, is it determines your content. 
the content of your work, your work at, le- at least in the, on the most uh, sort of mundane levels, what we call the ground level, which would be all the action stuff, the phone calls, the emails, the stuff to buy, the stuff to talk to my boss about, the stuff to talk to my spouse about, yada, yada, yada. So that's, and most people have 150 to 200 of those if they really get the inventory clear of just the, those action levels. And a lot of those are driven by what we now refer to as Horizon One, which are the projects that you've got, the more than one action things that you need to finish within a few weeks or months. Most people have 30 to 100 of those. So you need to get all that content clear to begin with, right? Now, once all that content is clear, then you go, oh my God, look at all this stuff, but I only have, here's today, and what do I do now? Uh, good question. Well, if you've been really clear about that, and by the way, the, the issue you're only talking about is because you guys are not doing weekly reviews. If you, did a, if, do you, if you do a thorough weekly review, but I mean, you, you are, I mean, anybody who says, wow, I've got too much stuff to do, how do I make a choice about that? That's because they're not stepping back and doing that kind of reflection at that time. Let me step back and take a look at all of this. You know, some of the most advanced GTDers I've run across actually love three by five cards and they, they've got all their stuff digitalized and all they're in, you know, whatever they're, they're using OmniFocus or things or they're using, you know, you know, who knows what uh, of the list managers out there. But what they do is they, you know, either the first of the week or every morning or the night before they just get a three by five card and scan through all their lists and they just write jot down on their three by five card. Okay. If I get any time, here's the four things I'm going to handle tomorrow, <laughs> you know, yeah. which works great. You know, and Eric, who built in e-productivity, he built in a little today button so that I could drag any of my actions over over to today. So I could just punch the today button and it would give me essentially that three by five card. But I said, Eric, you know, you should only do that if you have an instant clear button that undoes all of the things that are not hard landscape. So because life changes so fast that yeah. those that, that's why the daily to do list, you know, as as I wrote initially, really didn't work because, you know, you couldn't you couldn't trust the structure of your day would still hold given how fast things changed, you know, with the, 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 the new world we were all in, but that's absolutely fine is to do it is to do a scan of all that. So you don't, you shouldn't be sitting there looking at 150 things every hour. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. silly. You know, exactly. you need to have filtered it in another way. And, and frankly, it's paralyzing when you see a list that long, you, you don't even know where to start. Um, it's so. only it's only paralyzing if you think you need to do all of that all the time. And that's because people just aren't used to feeling comfortable about all the stuff they're not doing. And that's 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 just another paradigm, David, that people have got to shift, you know, because you write it down and because you make a commitment to it, you think you need to go do it all. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can only do one thing at a time. Yeah. You know. And, and that's something, and I'm not quite sure where that comes from in our culture or, or, or what we need to do to shift or change that. But that's, you know, that's a, you know, everything is someday maybe except talking to me right now, guys. Right. Everything's on the shelf. This could all blow up. The world could end in 10 minutes, you know? And so you wouldn't get to any of that. So you just need to feel comfortable that, Hey, my last 10 minutes, I'm really happy talking to David and David Yeah, and, you know, or, you know, whoever you know or so does that make sense Can no you, I mean, it, it they, does. They, yeah, that, no it does and frankly so, that, that part i needed to hear <laughs> because <laughs> I, I do i do struggle with that i i look at too many things but in my case it is and i want to talk to you about review in a minute and how this all works together but i want to i kind of want to get there chronologically in the system so we we've kind of talked about clarify now when you do your clarify step are you sitting at your desk just physically going through your inbox or are yeah. you yeah 
Or I'm sitting at the coffee shop with Wi-Fi and going through my email. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. And and then organize, I assume, would take place in uh, the e-productivity app for you. Right. Okay. Or, well, and organize it depends on what it is. If it's just reference material, then that's going to probably go into Evernote. You know, or if it's paper-based reference, then it goes into my, you know, alpha file right here. Yeah. Uh, at, so, at the risk of potentially derailing us a little bit, I, I will say Evernote is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Can you give us just kind of a big picture overview of, of how you're using Evernote to, to organize and maintain your files or to, to keep that as your archive or if that's how you're using it? Interestingly, I mean, and Phil and company did such a great job with that. One of the reasons Evernote is so powerful is because it is so simple. And that's also one of the reasons it's most daunting, because that's something that simple. You have to figure out your own algorithm about how do I organize then that stuff within well, that within that context. And it right. took me th- three to six months, actually, to get comfortable. And I'm not bad at this. So, you know, that's I'll just caution everybody or just remind everybody that that th- th- something that simple, uh, which has the the possibility of being something so elegant because it will allow you to then create all those different kind of subtexts and meta categories and so forth that you can do in that. And it took me quite a while, as I say, three, three months mainly. And then after six months, it's pretty much on cruise control now you know, where I learned how to make stacks and then learned, learned how to, you know, uh, stick stuff in there and, and, and what goes where. So are you are you using it more as a, as a filing cabinet, as a digital filing yep. cabinet, as a storage place for information? Or are you storing things that you you need to as reference material for things that you need to do in there? Like you know, just I don't know, you you get a bill or an invoice or something that you're going to need to take action on, but you can't necessarily. And maybe a bill is a bad example. Something you're going to need to take action on, but you can't necessarily do it right this moment. Is that something that gets scanned or digitized mm. and put into Evernote, or does that get put somewhere else? It's a good question, but there's a we're we're getting fine tuned here on the distinctions. Uh, for instance, I I keep an Evernote uh, for cancellations, right? So I have a, a and it's in a reference stack, and just in that reference stack, I have cancellations. So anytime I get a cancellation, you know, across the web or whatever, and it comes across usually in digital form, um, I just store it over there. Now, I don't need that unless I have to. So there's kind of just in time and, and, and just in case. So the Evernote has a lot of just in case stuff like checklists. You know, every time I need to send a certain kind of payment to something that I need to pay once a month, there's several steps I need to go through to make that happen as an international wire, right, that I have to do. And because I don't do it that often enough, that's why checklists are so great. It's like, hey, let me just sit down and write the steps so I don't have to think. Yeah. So then it's time to do that. So I can keep that in Evernote because w- the, my trigger to send it is in another place. But once I have the trigger, then I need to go to Evernote and find the thing that I need to, to, to use it. So what you were asking, Katie, is, is if you have something that I need to make sure I am reminded of, I do not use Evernote for that. I want to keep that as simple as possible. <laughs> That's why, I, you know, you know your, your reminder system should be as absolutely streamlined and simple as possible. And don't try to distribute that you know, I, if, you can, if you can. One of the challenging aspects of Evernote is that it has notebooks and it has tags and it has binder. It has all these different paradigms for organizing your data. What, what's the one that stuck with you as you started organizing? Well, don't do tags. Tags are insane. 
Right. So <laughs> just give them up. We, we found that people are either tag people or they're not. And I am not a tag person. No, that's, it's nuts. That's like color coding your paper files. <laughs> like, yeah. well, let me, let, all my friends are in pink and then all my vendors are in green. But wait a minute, this, this vendor's a friend. Oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> no, you don't know what. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Uh, so tags, I, I think tags could probably work. Uh, you know, I just probably haven't been patient enough to actually m- figure that out and to make that work. Uh, it, to it me, really, I, it was, I, do, I do think yeah, it's just kind of depending on the personality and the person putting it together. The advantage, a programmer will tell you, the advantage of tags are you can have multiple tags. So you can have an, where you can put a, an item in one folder, you could actually have multiple context or tags on that same item so you could find it in different ways but i agree with you if you're spending more time creating tags than actually using them it's probably not worth the trouble to you true I, I and, you and by the way and that's that's one of the problems people had with gtd is they said well look this call could be i could make this a call and i could put it in my ad office and i could put it at my ad phone and i could put it whatever or they put it in a miscellaneous thing called you now. Now you're dead, you know, because yeah. you, you're not going to, you know, it, it's in too many places and, and it doesn't stick out when you really need it to stick out. But that there's no real major solution to that. But, you know, I can tell you, given, you know, work I'm doing with a, you know, technology partner that I'm, I'm researching, you know, sort of, is there a next gen of productivity software? And it, a lot of it's going to be based on context. You're going to hear a lot more about context. You know, you context, know. that's a good uh, jumping off point because con- context, I think, has really evolved in, with respect to GTD. And if you look out there, even in the Mac, you know, community and a lot of the guys who are obviously big OmniFocus fans because it's so suited to it, people are getting very creative with context. You know, at, at one point it was context were, you know, with specific people or at a specific place where now people are, are using context in a variety of different ways. And I think it's kind of interesting. Have you played with any of that stuff? Or I guess, I guess maybe you are, if you're, you're working on something else on it. Yeah, I have, I've, I've looked at it, you know, I, I've, you know, uh, I've created several different contexts that were useful. For instance, I'm about to go back to the States, you know, in about 10 days. So I've got a list called before trip. Yeah. So before trip context, I just go, okay, this is a big trip coming. I got to, I got to see, and I scan through all my other lists and say, <laughs> does this have to happen before I leave or can it wait? And if it does, it all gets dragged over into that. So that's a context called, you know, sort of a, a sense of a time uh, pressure context. Yeah, and I, could, I have never created a context like that. That's interesting. Yeah, see, to and, me, I would, I would have a list of before trip, but I... But but then I would have to put everything in that list, whereas you use the context, you could pull from any list. That's right. And then you don't have to look at any of the other, other lists at all. You have any discretionary time at all before that trip, you turn to that list until it's empty. You know, that's a great, <laughs> that relieves a lot of pressure off your brain. Yeah, that, well, thanks for that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that trick. Sure. And then I've, uh, there have been times when I had so many different kind of writing creative projects, like blogs to write, uh, forward to write for somebody's book, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that takes a very different context. It is at computer, but it's at computer with a certain kind of um, uh, frame of mind and, and environmental context. I can't do creative writing like that when I'm actually sitting at my desk doing email. I need to, you know, unhook my computer you know, move over to the couch, 
sit back, you know, do other kind of thinking in order to be able to do that. And sometimes that's been critical for me to actually subdivide a context called at creative thinking, or I don't know what I called it, but, and then I put all of those things over there and it made it a whole lot easier to then grapple with these lists because I didn't, you know, I wasn't seeing all of that. So it's a tricky, it's tricky business. And it is, it is, I think a future to see, you know, especially when the computer is going to be wired up to know what your blood sugar level is right now and what your energy level is and, you know, all kinds of things. And it's going to say, hmm, you know, I want all that stuff to define context for me, you know, or, or have that at least give me suggested context called, hey, David, you know, given that it's three o'clock in the afternoon and your blood level is whatever. And, you know, you know, then here's here's the kind of things you'd probably be best at off your list. <laughs> now, whether that's going to be possible or not, I don't know. You know, certainly theoretically, it makes a lot of sense, but whether it, you know, technologically or whether there are just too many variables that anybody could ever, you know, you, you know, garbage in, garbage out, you'd never be able to put enough information in there to actually make that really functional. That's the yeah. problem with a lot of location based stuff right now. And it's like these energy level contexts, you know, you could self diagnose that as well. You don't need an, I, sure. an Apple watch or whatever telling you whether you have enough energy. I mean, you can obviously understand like with your project, you just described, you say, you know, now's a good time. I feel like, you know, I'm going to go have a glass of ice water, sit in front of the fire and write this forward. Uh, uh, I have never done that because it always felt to me so fiddly doing that and, and trying to switch to that context. I don't know if I would have the conscious mind to do so when I needed to. <laughs> you know, one of the funniest ones would be what's your alcohol, what's your blood alcohol content right now and whether yeah. you should respond to emails, you know, yeah. start shutting down technology. <laughs> There's actually a Google Labs plugin for that, that during certain hours of the day, you can have to answer a simple math equation before it will give you access to your email. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Twitter That's or funny. text messages. Really? Yeah. Based on your answer to this equation, I'm not thinking you should send this email. <laughs> Go to bed. That's so, probably going to be smart. We're going to get back to David in just a minute, but first I have a sponsor break. I want to take a minute to talk about my new Drobo version 3. I bought the first Drobo, and I've had it for many years, and just got this new updated one, and I love it. One of the things that's great about it is I was able to take the drives out of the old machine and seamlessly transfer them into the new one. And with that, I'm getting this huge speed increase over my old data. The USB 3.0 interface gives it a real fast interface right to my Mac. Depending on what you're doing, it's between three and five times faster than its four bay predecessors. It's also much more economical. They've got the price down to $349, and you're going to save even more with the coupon code I'm going to tell you about in a minute. Many people told the gang at Drobo, hey, they love the idea of the Drobo 5D, but they didn't need that much performance, and they thought the price was too high. So Drobo listened and created a more economical product. This provides more data protection at a more economical price. All Drobos protect against a single hard drive failure. The Generation 3 Drobo offers an optional choice to protect against really bad luck. That's two drive failures at the same time. Katie just had a problem with her Drobo where she had a drive fail. She got an email from her Drobo, was able to go buy a new drive, slide it in, and she didn't lose any data. And that's why we love our Drobos. It's also optimized for Time Machine. Owners can create separate disk volumes to use with Time Machine. They can set up a maximum size for the volume, and they can even let you control how much space Time Machine uses. The Generation 3 Drobo also has an internal battery and a small SSD cache to store data being written to the device in the event of a power failure. That's clever. If you lose power in the middle of a write, 
this should help you out. The Generation 3 Drobo is better in just about every way, and it's lower in price. I have to admit, my favorite feature, though, is the seamless way that it updated my data. I just took the drives out of the old machine and put it into the new one. If you've got an older Drobo and you think it's time to upgrade, the Generation 3 is probably where you want to get in. Like I said, they've got that low price of $349, but you can save $50 off that price, or any Drobo model for that matter, using the code MPU50 when you buy at www www.drobostore.com. That's coupon code MPU50. We want to thank Drobo for sponsoring the show. They've been with us for a long time and they make a great product. Go check out a Drobo today. One of my um, keys that I've taken from everything you've written and just my experience with GTD and OmniFocus is if I spend the time an evening before, you know, the, uh, you know, it's it's almost sacred to me that in the evening before. The next day I will go through and OmniFocus has a way to preview what, what's up the next day. And I can kind of go through that stuff and organize it and maybe even put some of it off and delete some of it. But waking up in the morning with that list kind of constructed for me is just hugely beneficial. And and uh, just even though you would spend the exact same amount of time doing the, that work in the morning, I find when I do in the evening, I, I'm much more productive the following day. Um, how do you deal with, you know, your list? Because you've got this great software tool and you've been doing your clarify and your organization. I mean, how do you decide what you're going to get done in a certain day and how do you execute upon it? Well, the first thing I do is look at the hard landscape. I mean, that's the obvious common sense thing. Well, what'll, what, what'll die if I don't do it tomorrow? So I need to know what that hard landscape is to begin with. So whether that's, the, and usually the night before, so I know how late I can sleep in the morning. Because I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a motivated guy. I sleep as long as I can. Yeah. Right. So I need to know that, you know, what's the hard landscape. So once I get that picture, then it's like usually, and it, it, it has varied over the years. A lot of it depends on what's the volume of stuff I have to do. Given what I'm doing right now, a lot of these are much longer term kind of projects that I've got. And uh, so I don't have a huge volume like I used to have, you know, three or four years ago before I had a CEO in the company who, who handled a lot of the operational stuff. So now it's it's really then, a, okay, as long as I'm doing weekly reviews, you know, then I can pretty much trust my gut and just my, okay, what do I feel like doing right now? And uh, that it, it changes almost daily in that way. So I check the hard landscape. I, I, you know, try to say, okay, what's left in, you know, in emails, you know, the, that still has something I need to do. And I seldom do I have any more than a screen full of emails. And it kind of depends if I get on a real roll, sometimes it, it can really mount up. But sometimes I'll just leave those in there and call, okay, I'll get to those. So usually it's just a quick little scan across that, but I don't have to, very many places to look. You know, I really just look at email, see what's in there. And I look at my uh, my calendar, which tells me the hard landscape. And I use the calendar, you know, again, I use that, you know, here, here's something to be, rem I need to know about on that day, not just stuff I need to do, but here's stuff that I need to know. Either I need to know that something is due in seven days, or I need to know that whatever. So my hard landscape is pretty pristine. And once I get that sense, then it's like, just trust. Then I do what I feel like doing. And you know, and, and just make sure I'm not missing anything. You know, I, I start, you know, the, the real admonition of GTD is pay attention to what has your attention. Yeah. Right. And so if nothing has my attention, then I just hang out or do what I feel like doing. 
And many times that's just, let me get to my computer and work on this. Oh, here's a, one of the actions I'm sort of turned on to actually do right now. Let me go do it. And that's, that's frankly one of the things I really like about GTD is I sometimes hit points where I just need not to think about this stuff. And using a GTD system, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable about what will burn down if I don't deal with stuff today. And once I take care of those, I, I feel the freedom to say, you know what? None of this matters right now, and I'm going to go to the park with my kids, or I'm going to take a nap, or whatever. And well, it, David, that's the that's the reflection process. By the way, if, just because I'm going to give him a plug because it's a fabulous book, um, brand new book out called The Organized Mind, Daniel Levitin, L-E-V-I-T-I-N, and uh, he's a cognitive scientist. Spent the last you know number of years still teaches this stuff. And he's basically validating the whole GTD externalized mind process and why that's true. And he's, boy, this is really scientific. I mean, he's got like, he's got 40 pages of references in the back of the book in terms of the studies that have now been done. And that's where the concept of, of the mind is designed to really focus on what you're doing with no distraction and then step back and reflect with nothing on your mind so that it can regroup. So it's much like the dream or the unconscious or the whatever that needs to happen in order to be able to then then put your focus where you need to have it. So what you're talking about is, and that's what GTD has done, was to be able to ameliorate the, the, the syndrome that got rid of both of those, where people couldn't focus on what they were doing and they couldn't step back and relax. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, because of all that unfinished crap that's just floating around inside the psyche. So the... You know, another study that's been done has shown that you don't actually have to finish stuff to get it off your mind. You just have to trust there's a plan. Yeah. And that just means you have to trust that you, you know, David, you wouldn't be able to be that relaxed if you didn't know that you could come back to your GTD system and would in some appropriate timing. Because then your brain would have to take back that job. It's, it is, uh, and it is very, it is very nice having the ability to do that. I'll tell you, if you, yeah. if you're out there and you're, you're struggling with this stuff, uh, knowing that you can, uh, the, you know, in my context, I, I just use the defer dates and OmniFocus and suddenly it's empty. And then I'm looking at my kid and we're flying a kite or, or like I said, taking a nap yeah. or whatever. Um, let, and, so and by the way, I, I got to give Ken and, and OmniFocus a plug. Ken did a, a fabulous job with that. And especially you using the iPad, you know, for your weekly review for OmniFocus is elegant. Very, no, it's, it, it's right. very cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, in fact, I want to talk about review a little bit because I feel like, um, you know, I, here I am with the high priest of GTD and I have to make my confession. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of review. I think it's a great idea. I don't do review the way you recommend the, the, because OmniFocus lets you set review periods for projects. Uh, there's a lot of them that I, I may, I've got some that I review. Like if I'm uh, my day job, I'm an attorney and sometimes I'm in the middle of something where it's very active and I need to be on top of it at all times. I may have a review period of less than a week on some of these items. And then I've got others where, for instance, I represent a corporation and it's a mom and pop company and they almost never need a lawyer and I review their pro and I have a corporate general project for them. I review that maybe once every six months. So I'll, I'll set different um, review periods in OmniFocus. And that's always just served me so well. But I always said, boy, if I ever talk to David Allen, I need to ask him about that. Cause I know you're very, uh, your book is very insistent that you do all of your projects once a week. 
No. No, 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 not at all. Oh, really? Okay. You need to look well, at, now I feel you need better. To, See, you're you safe need, now, David. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to look at all the projects you need to look at to get them off your mind. Yeah, okay. Right? But you, you've already determined, but, th- but that's what the tickler file is. That's yeah. what, hey, I don't need to think about that until X. So you've, you've actually parked that. As a matter of fact, I get everything out of my head. I get everything out of my system that I wouldn't need to think about until a certain point. That's why the tickler file is just such a brilliant tool, you know, for that, because that's exactly what it does. It's called, I can park it someplace that I don't need to see it until then. The, the downside of that is mm, at, at some point, ought you, you know, it, does some part of you feel tugged that there's stuff going on out there and even coming toward me, I can't see. The problem with unseen uh, tickler stuff, as opposed to sort of regular reviewed tickler stuff, is that yeah. you don't see it coming. Right. You'll only see it at that certain point. And that's OK, as long as some part of you says that's OK. But th- there's a there's a tricky little line to walk there. Yeah, I can see that. And it is um, it is nice. So another hack I use with OmniFocus is I don't do the review once a week. I my things are stretched out. The The review p- period that it shows up are stretched out. So it's just kind of turned out that every day I get reviews of one to three projects. And yeah, but you're going to, you, you have a different focus in your head. I guarantee you, if you and your family or you and your team or just you by yourself, what you think about on a weekly meeting is going to be very different than what you think about on a daily meeting, which is going to be very different than what you think about on a monthly meeting, which is going to be very different than what you think about on a quarterly meeting, which is going to be very different because those kind of time horizons give you a different context. And in that kind of context, on your weekly context, you know, th- th- that's where you're after. I'm, I want week to week and month to month control about my life because you need to be. At, I don't know. How often do you look back on your calendar and say, oh, cu- you know, catch all the OSs back there. Yeah. Call yeah. the Oh, sugar. Oh, I should have. And how often are you looking forward on your calendar and saying, oh, that. Hey, oh, God, I, you know, I'm, I'm traveling to Amsterdam. If I in order to get an upgrade using United, I better book now. Right. So if you're not doing that, I'm saying you've got a gap. Yeah. Right. And so there's some things you need to see at least weekly. There's some things you need to see daily, some things you need to see, whatever. And I agree with you. And as a matter of fact, I've got I use Mind Manager and I use a mind map for my big overview called, hey, what's coming toward me? That's not that's unusual. What are the big strategic things I've got on my head? You know, and then reference, you know, mind maps to to other kinds of of orientation maps I want to see. You know, in terms of my job, my accountabilities and so forth. So I use a couple of tools that when I need to step back and get that, there have been times when I needed to pull that out twice a day and say, God, you know, because it got so crazy. You know, you get down in the weeds, you know, you, you want to be down in the weeds and not think about anything else. But then once I finish down in the weeds, I need to go, well, OK, now what? And I need to come back up and take a look again. Yeah. And okay, just- so now you've opened the Max Barkey floodgates if you open the door to mind mapping. Oh, yeah. well, well, even <laughs> mind mapping aside, I think the subject you're on is very important. We we recently did a show on task management because we hadn't covered it in a while. And I thought we one of our listeners sent, which I thought was very good feedback and said, look, you did a great job of explaining how to do tasks, but you didn't talk at all about, you know, how do you decide what what's important and what are the projects that you pursue? And it was basically and, goals, right? It was is looking at instead of just looking at individual tasks, what are what are big long term and in, in managing goals? So one of my questions for you today was going to be, how do you deal with that? And it sounds like you just answered the question with with a mind map. Well, any kind of a map 
Yeah. I mean, like, let's translate map orientation tool, right? Your calendar is a map. I need to orient myself for tomorrow. You guys probably looked at your calendar today, I would imagine, right? Yeah. You looked at a map, right? So, so you could orient yourself. Uh, what is the, you know, Katie and weekend map? You know, what is the world according to David and Katie, by the way? So all of these are maps and these maps. And this is where technology is going, by the way, with the folks I'm working with is these will be, how do I create the connections between all these things so that at any point in time, given where I am, it's the weekend, my kids are home. What do I want to see for the weekend? Where's my map? I want to see what my daughter's coolest new project was. I want to see their calendars for the week. I want to see whatever. And we haven't, we haven't even barely started to touch what technology could do to build the right maps. Right? What do I want to see right now? I mean, how many things already? I mean, you guys are early in your day. I'm late in my day. How many things could all of the three of us have actually thought of today? Some new idea, some possible thing we could do that could have added value to our relationships and our life and our work. Had we been given the right map or context to look at? Hey, David, take 20 seconds and look at this. Oh, that reminds me. That'd be cool. Oh, what a neat thing. I mean, we yeah. barely, we, we haven't even started to tap all of that. So, yeah. So, th- these tools that technology has given us is still pretty much passive to our labor-intensive thinking. <laughs> In other words, I still have to figure out what mind map do I want to create and what kind of map do I want to see for all these different horizons. But as you know, you know, GTD, we've, we've, we've really identified the six major horizons that you actually have commitments with yourself. And those are very appropriate maps to see. What's my life purpose and my core values? What's my vision of long-term success and wild success in my life and work? Where, what are the, what are the goals? That's only one horizon of, of, of six. What are the, what are the things I need to accomplish within the next 18 to 24 months against all those visions and purposes? And by the way, what are all the things I need to be man- managing and maintaining so I've got balance? And that's, you know, that's horizon two. That's your, your finances and your assets and, your, and your, your relationships and your creativity and your health and vitality. Right? And then you have all the projects you've got about that. And then you have all the actions you need to take about all that. Yeah, and, so, and one of my failings is I spend so much time in the weeds, I don't spend enough time dealing with that stuff. Right. So what do you need to do as the next step? Yeah. If you had nothing else to do, David, right now, but take a next action to make that happen, what would it be? Yeah, well, you know, I'd, I'd probably look for some kind of nerdy tool that I could spend a whole day figuring out if it's the right one or not. Cool. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> no, that's fine. Any answer is fine. As long as you have a next action about that, how would you do that? Is yeah. that a surf the web? Is that a, is that a call somebody? Is that a, yeah. what? Uh, so how much time do you spend um, in that kind of thinking? As much as I need to, to get it off my mind. Yeah. That's a good answer. It's the only answer. We'll get back to our conversation with David Allen in just a moment, but I need to pause to take a quick break to thank our sponsor, SaneBox. I've been using SaneBox for about a year now, and I cannot imagine going back to a different way of managing my email. SaneBox helps you focus your attention on what really matters by only showing you your most important messages in the inbox and helping to deprioritize all of those other messages until you have time to get around to them. SaneBox works with just about any device or any operating system or any type of mail client by helping you determine the importance of each email automatically based on your past interactions 
connections with that person or with your inbox. SaneBox will then move unimportant emails out of your inbox into a new folder it created for you called the Sane Later folder. And then it will send you a daily summary of the messages that it moved out into that digest for you to manage. And a lot of Mac Power users listeners have found SaneBox to be a useful tool because we've heard from SaneBox that the overwhelming majority of Mac Power users listeners who have tried SaneBox has end up subscribing. So you'll probably love them too. Here's just a couple of ways that you can use SaneBox. First off, Every SaneBox user gets a Sane Later folder, which means only those emails that are in your inbox are the ones that really matter, and everything else gets filtered into Sane Later. Another one of my favorite SaneBox features is the Sane Black Hole, which means if you get an email from someone that you don't ever want to see again, a, a spam message or a marketer, you can unsubscribe just by dragging that email into the Sane Black Hole. You don't have to worry about clicking and inadvertently confirming your email address and resubscribing for more spam. Nope, you will never see another message from that sender again. There's also a great feature of SaneBox called snooze folders, which means you can defer events till the next business day, the next week, or maybe if you're going on vacation, you can create a custom snooze folder until you return. But perhaps my favorite thing about SaneBox is that it's completely customizable and it will learn to fit your needs. So the more you use SaneBox, the more you train it, the more intelligence it features become and the more useful it will become to you. But SaneBox does more than just filter your messages. It can send you reminders to follow up on messages if you haven't heard back from the intended recipient within a certain time frame. Uh, and it can also help you manage your attachments by moving those attachments to a service like Dropbox or some other kind of cloud storage solution. The possibilities with SaneBox are endless and it will really help you get a better handle on managing your email. So there are various pricing plans that start as low as around $4 a month and vary depending on your needs. But if you use our special link by going to sanebox.com slash MPU, you can get a 14-day free trial and save $10 on any plan. So go check them out. Give them a try. I'm sure that you'll like them as much as I do. That's sanebox.com slash MPU. And thanks to Sanebox for their support of our show. I know we we probably only have a, a another few minutes with you, and I, I want to touch on just a, a couple of things before we let you go. What are what are some of the big problems and hangups that people that you tend to see? I know you do a lot of work uh, with individuals, and you do some some seminars with with companies and, and organizations, probably with people who already have some familiarity with your your method, and that probably fits a, a large group of our listeners. Where do people tend to get hung up and, and lost in this methodology and, and areas where they should be refocusing and redirecting their time and attention? Most people don't do it completely. So half, half of it, you know, there's no partial it, here. There's no partial, you know, I'm, and I hate to say this because, you know, there, I, there, <laughs> I'm of two minds with this. So, you know, you're going to hear me say in the real answer to that question is if you if you don't do it all the way, it's not worth doing. That the reason sense. is, yeah, because it's, you're not getting the payoff. You're not relieving your brain of the pressure and you're not creating optimal room for what your psyche is really designed to do, which is to be creative and to make intuitive judgments, you know, based upon just in the moment and being present and, and, and having the space to be able to do that. And if you've got anything, the problem is if you've got only some of your life out in your system, then you don't trust your system and you don't trust your head either one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that's, that's the biggest issue is most people are still using their psyche as their system. 
because they don't trust anything. Really, really trust it. Now, really trusting is a, that's a pregnant term because, you know, once you, once you handle what has your attention, then you'll find out what has your attention, which by the way, when you handle will allow you to find out what really has your attention, which by the way, once you handle will allow you to really find out what has your attention. I think a lot of people are intimidated by uh, the GTD system or adopting a new task management system or adopting a new methodology of doing things. One, because it's, it's different. And, and two, because there is some, some level of, of barrier to entry simply because of what you just said is it's not like they can, they can just start. Well, I'm just going to start by doing just this part and I'll do just this part for a little while. And then maybe if that works, I'll add in this part. And then maybe if that works, I'll add in this part. It, it does require a certain commitment, um, both time and of your, your resources and mental energy to commit to a system like this. Um, any thoughts on or suggestions for someone who wants to get started on this to get over that initial hump? Yeah. Well, you'll hear the other mind speak now. The other mind says any of this helps. <laughs> you know, this is not like running with scissors. You know, come on. You, you jot down 14 more things than you normally would. You'll sleep better. Sure. You know, so, so any of this works. So absolutely, one foot in front of the other, just start, you know, doing some of these things. But you ask, what's the biggest issue that people have? And the biggest issue is that people just run into the wall because they ultimately, you know, feel like they're really not getting the freedom of what implementing the whole system really would give them. And so, you know, I don't know how to deal with that. I mean, I'm trying to grapple with it right now in terms of how do we, how do we sell people on the idea that this is, <laughs> this is not sort of just corporate left brain you know, uh, OCD, you know, work harder to try to organize your life. This is really about freedom. It's about, it's about space. It's about, Oh, come on guys. You know, here's, here's what's needed. That's why I'm, I'm so championing uh, Daniel's book, the organized mind, because he really, really does give a fabulous case that says, look guys, it, it is back David, to your point, it is psychotic. If you don't handle this, if you're still trying to use your internalized brain to manage the externalized world that we're dealing with these days, good luck. You know, and yep. so the the need for that, I think, is is just growing. So that, I think that's the biggest thing is people to just sort of get that. There's so many bigger problems and issues and opportunities to deal with than this. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, if people keep a people say, David, you have too many lists. I go, do you keep a calendar? They go, well, sure. I go, well, don't be intellectually dishonest. If you're keeping a calendar that says your brain can't do that, you know, well, so you're using an external brain already, you know, so. It's hard to intellectually justify halfway in between. Either your head's the place to hold it or it's not. I I find one of my biggest challenges with GTD and organizing myself is when the bullets are flying, when things are really hard. Like I'm trying to finish a book, I'm in a trial, whatever. And that's the time that I, I can fall off the wagon and not keep up with things and stop doing my reviews. And it's it's fascinating because I get this internal angst, I this tension inside me. And I can only go for a day or two before I realize that I'm having trouble. And and if I stop and if I go and do my review and get my system back in place, I I feel this relief. And uh, I can see how people uh, can at that point not go back and just say, oh, I'm just I'm done. I can't keep yeah. up with this. And, and I think that's a challenge. Interesting, David, you really have you've accurately identified something that we've seen over the last two or three or four years. We've really discovered or uncovered. What I've sort of known intuitively, but we hadn't really been able to make it 
more conscious, which is that GTD is a lifelong lifestyle process. I mean, how good can you get at fencing? How good can you get at the tango? How good can you get at Italian? How good can you get at parenting? There's no end. And there's also no end to this. But one of the things we've identified is what we refer to now as the path of mastery of GTD. And the path, and we've watched it for so many people, thousands of people over these 30 years now that I've been doing this, that there, there is a, a transition point. And that transition point, one of, the path, one of the hallmarks or milestones of maturity along this process of getting this down and nailed as a, as a lifestyle you know, uh, a process is when you, before a certain point, when the, the, when the, the, the soap hits the fan, you fall off after a certain point, when the soap hits the fan, you get on. And so you're using the process because of that stress, because of that change, because of that surprise. And that's, there's a point there where once you get to a certain point and you, you kind of indicated, yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're almost at that transition point yourself. If it only takes you a day to realize, oops, I got to get back on. Then I'd say you're, you're pretty far along the line. David. Well, it, it's a drug. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, in a way, I mean, you get, it's like you can sleep, you can, you can know that despite all the things going on right now, that everything else is under control and, and not having the system in place really can cause all sorts of mayhem in my life. So I, I guess it's, it's, it's um, self-serving, but it works. Well, and again, back, back, let's looping back around to, as we started this conversation, it's the natural process that is being allowed to happen in terms of how your mind works and how your psyche works. Yeah, they, there was a there was a thing going around the internet about a year ago, and I don't remember. I have to look at the post. Some developer, or I think he was a graphic artist, somebody who said, "I, you know, what I'm giving up on OmniFocus and GTD and all the stuff because all I do is manage the stuff. I don't, I can't actually do anything creative because I'm spending so much time managing my system." And I mean, my response at the time was, "I don't know how I could do anything creative if I didn't have this system." <laughs> and it, you know, it really is a, a frame of reference, though. And I think that kind of goes back to the reflection and being, you know, applying a real filter to your life and not bringing so many things in. Just because you have these tools doesn't mean you can do everything. No, no. It, 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 and, but, it, but giving you the space. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the creativity stuff. That's one of the coolest things I've you know, discovered or that I've experienced over the last 10 years or so is how many people in the, in the quote, creative arts have discovered GTD and taken them to whole new levels about that. I mean, one of the most you know obvious and public ones is you know Howard Stern, who's a huge champion of my stuff now. And you know, and I, I had lunch with Howard a, a couple of months ago, and you know, it changed his life. You know, he was like a fanboy to me. I was like, well, that's kind of weird, but <laughs> uh, but you know, and he said it, it truly has opened up so many horizons for him creatively. He's having to have to rebrand himself because he's now kind of a happy guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or Joss, Joss Whedon, you know, who is, you know, Joss is you know, one of the top producers in Hollywood who said, look, he, he didn't finish getting things done, but he caught the next action concept and it allowed him to produce, uh, you know, much ado about nothing in his backyard in about three days. Yeah. Nice. You know, so, and, and, and so that's the kind of stuff that, I think once people catch that, and I think that's, you know, that's the message out there. Well, hey guys, there is a, there's a new frontier available and open 
but it does, it will take, you know, and that's what we're trying to do. I mean, God, and we're not the best at it yet. I'm work, working hard like crazy to lower the barrier of entry to, to, for people to, to try to get beyond those, those preconceptions or those limitations that people put on themselves. And I would tell people out there listening that if you're interested in this and you've not experienced it, you know, go get a free Linda trial for a week or sign up for Linda. And because it's just like an hour, it's a very um, concise summary of it, but it's given by David. And I thought that that was like with my wife, who's now all of a sudden she's got multiple commitments and our kids are growing up and she's starting to take on new responsibilities and she's starting to feel overwhelmed. And it was really great to watch it with her and see her kind of pick up on some of this stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's nice to know, David. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And no, Linda, the, the Linda folks were great. They did, they did a great job with that. I thought. Or just get the book. <laughs> That's a pretty good book. <laughs> that too. Uh, David, as, as we leave you, I, I would ask, because we do have a somewhat geeky audience here, um, do, you, do you have any particular tools, and these can be GTD-related or not, um, or, or just any gadgets that you find that, that you're using in your everyday life, whether they're software or hardware or, uh, again, GTD-related or not, uh, that just make your, your life easier or perhaps just make you happy? Yeah, I love the brain. You know, Harlan's stuff, you know, uh, personal brain, fabulous, fabulous tool, which I've used since it came out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a harbinger of things to come in terms of the association of things. So uh, big vote for the brain. I love that. Uh, use it regularly. Um, what else? Um, there's a there's a great uh, teleprompter uh, soft a- app for the iPad, so I'm doing you know a bunch of sort of short little videos now, and uh, it's a great teleprompter program. So the you know somebody could just hold up the iPad, and I can just craft a script you know in a few minutes and hold up the iPad and uh, you know that's really off cool. to the races. What, off which, to the which races. App is yeah. that? Hold on, I'll see. Let's see. I think it's just called teleprompter. Let me look. Uh, it is teleprompt plus. Okay. Yep. Get it from the app store. Yeah. Um, what else? You know, I got, I got three people I play, you know, words with friends with it. That's my, my terrible addiction. So, uh, <laughs> I think so we all need one of those <laughs> relaxes my brain. I yeah. love, uh, smart go. I, I, I play go. So, yeah. uh, go bond G O B A N is a, tough program on the Mac for the Mac. And there's a much simpler program that I, that I can win a little easier called smart go on the iPad, which is cool. Uh, Oh, come on. Google translate. I, I, I mean, Catherine and I just jumped, we plopped ourselves over here in Amsterdam knowing almost nobody. We just knew the city was cool and we, we just wanted an adventure as well. How as long since, have you been since, there? Since May. A few wow. months. Now are you gonna uh, are you gonna stay there permanently or was it just a just we don't know we don't know kind of half business and half you know we're 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 starting to to um, distribute uh, GTD you know training programs around the yeah. around the world with franchisees so it was a good reason to be here to do that just kind of more kind of more in the center of the world here yeah in, a friend in of a ours way, in a way a friend of ours their their oldest child just graduated college and. And uh, they were at a retirement age and they sold their house and they live in six month increments all over the world. And they get a hotel or I'm sorry, you know, a room somewhere in Europe or Asia and they go and they stay there for six months. I have so much respect for them to be able to do that. Yeah. 
anyway, so Google Translate and, and obviously Google Maps, you know, are, are fabulous. So, uh, well, well, David, I, I, I hear someone kind of calling you and I know you've got another appointment coming in, but uh, where can people find you and, and find your things online? What's the best place for them to connect with, with you and the GTD method? Gettingthingsdone.com. Perfect. We'll do it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been a, a real pleasure. And uh, I, I think our listeners will, will get a lot out of this. And I can't wait for, for your new book. You said you're coming out in the spring? In March. Uh, looks like Penguin's got a, got a launch date. Uh, middle of middle of March for updated GTD. Perfect. Well, we'll uh, we'll make sure that we let everybody know that that's available. And uh, thank you again for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. This was fun. Thank you.